if you were ready and you said yes and it was because you had a belch on deck i was saving it save it i'm sorry i know some people really are like grossed out by burps but that was a kind of a cute one if you're grossed out by burps what a nightmare (laughs) if you're grossed out by burps you hate this podcast because we almost exclusively talk about farts which are way worse we do talk farts are downstairs burps and uh gross yeah gross listen it's we made it weird 40 Oh my god, it's almost as old as you. <laughs> okay, if numbers. Yeah, if numbers. It's almost ages. as many numbers as my age. Yes, that's yes, right. I'm 42 and you're 32. <laughs> Get oh, over I it. I can't help but notice when it was you, we made a weird 32, nobody uh, did that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I'm not going to do it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> We love this episode. We're so happy to share the time when Leela is with Iris with you guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us. I think this is a special one and a great one. Yeah. And if you want to support, 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 if you want to support, if you want to please support this podcast. Meaning these ads up top are are things we actually use and we actually love. And if you love the show and you need one of these things or you're curious about one of these things, it directly supports us. So we really appreciate it. We actually have a new one, which is made in the makers of the finest pots, pans, wine glasses, knives that I've ever used, for sure. They're in tons of Michelin star restaurants. We just got their nonstick frying pan, which Val, I mean, I did that on Wednesday, but... I think it's the best pan we own. Yeah, Hands it's down. definitely the best pan. It's got a great weight to it. It's not coated with chemicals and nastiness that gets into your food. It's naturally nonstick in a beautiful way. And since we've gotten it, look, we've had nonstick before, but this is a supreme nonstick. Yeah, and we've actually... I'm flipping omelets like the Swedish chef, but they're, they're landing. They're yeah. landing. No yeah. more fa- failed flip scrambles. Yeah. I'm making omelets now. And you make an omelet every morning, so this is huge. And Leela loves it. Mm-hmm. And it oh I actually noticed today I threw some mushrooms in the omelet yeah, and some greens. My, that's my move. That's your move, but I haven't done it. And what I noticed about the maiden pan is the heat uh spreads in it really quickly. Meaning mm-hmm. you turn the heat on and before like I, I, I didn't time it, but way faster than a normal pan, it's sizzling because the yeah. heat disperses really, really fast. It flips and cleans super, super easy. So you got to ask yourself, how does your favorite restaurant... Yeah, that was good. Yeah. You have to ask yourself, how does your favorite restaurant consistently make such delicious food? The short answer, they have access to the right kitchen tools. So many of us, we've gotten woke. We go to farmer's markets. We try to get good food, but we're not cooking on good stuff. But with made-ins, professional quality cookware and kitchenware, anyone is capable of making restaurant-quality food at home. Made In produces professional quality cookware and knives for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partner with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. They're affordable, which I love. Made In products are made to last and offer a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly. That's what I was talking about. Distributes it evenly and fast and can easily go from the stovetop to the oven. And their knives are fully forged, perfectly balanced, and stay sharp. They have 28,000 plus 
five-star reviews, and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs and Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Made in better cookware for better meals. If you guys cook and you love the show, this is a great, easy, and affordable way to support the show. Right now, Maiden is offering our listeners, weirdos, 15% off. 15! Your first order with promo code... Weird. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Maiden products. So go to madeincookware.com slash... Weird. And use promo code... Weird. For 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash... Weird. Use promo code... Weird. These are very low-energy weirds. I was trying different energy. I liked it. I'm trying new things. I did not like it. Also, I always save it for the end. I'll do it in the middle. These are my alpha brains. There are many like it. I love Alpha Brain. It is a nootropic. It is earth-grown ingredients. It is like fish food for my creativity. It gives your brain the nutrients, like I said, the earth-grown nutrients it needs to support memory and focus. And me, speaking personally, it is a game changer for anything I have to do creatively. Even if it's just have a conversation on a date, take some Alpha Brain. If I'm writing a script, take some Alpha Brain. I had a pitch recently with a, uh, somebody at the network was a fan of the show. And they were like, did you take Alpha Brain? And I said, I took it 15 minutes ago. And I, it's completely true. It's in my car. It's in my travel bag. It's in the jacket pockets, all of my pockets. I'm never far from Alpha Brain. It's pretty much in every room of the house. Got so many writers and creative people I know on it. I wish I knew about it in college. It would have been such a help in trying to memorize stuff. But now when I'm reading, I retain more that I read. When I'm writing, it's more effortless and more fun. If you're using your brain, which chances are you are, Alpha Brain can absolutely help. I swear by it. It is my secret weapon. And the best way to know if you like it is to try it and show your support of the show. Go to onit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash Weird. And you'll get 10% everything you see on that, 10% off everything you see on that landing page, including Alpha Brain, which I love and swear by. They also make New Mood, which is incredible. I love New Mood, too. New, we never mentioned New Mood. New Mood is wonderful if you're in a funk and you need some uh, some help in the brain department. I took mood, New Mood the day that we brought the night. We, I mean, I took it so many other times, too. But I always remember that I took New Mood. The night that we brought Leela home from the hospital. Yeah. Because I was just like, I'm feeling funky. Yeah, yeah. There was a yeah. a great clip of Bert Kreischer on Rogan's podcast. He he was feeling really anxious and stressed. He took it and then they cut to 20 minutes later and he was like, I feel great. And he took his shirt off so you knew it was true. So go to onit.com slash weird and get 10% off and show your support. I have the podcast. one line and you took it. Well, I wanted to try yeah. Also, last but not least, is Living Libations. We love Living Libations. It's a great way to support the show because if you have any skincare product, face, body, eyes, teeth, or baby care, Living Libations has a high-end but affordable, wonderful, natural alternative to the chemical nightmare that they sell at CVS or in weird kiosks and malls with French names that you think they care about you, but they don't because their face creams are filled with chemicals linked to disease and toxicity levels never intended for humans. Living Libations is here to save the day. I want to eat food where I recognize the ingredients, and I want my skincare to be the same. As you guys know, I use their Ginger Exfoliating Scrub, which is not only made with plants and oils and extracts that I recognize as real and natural, but is the most badass exfoliant I've ever used in my life. Uh, if most exfoliants have like a handful of like a gritty material, this is like 
The whole thing is a gritting material. It's amazing. I use it before I shave, and that's a pro tip right there. Makes for a much smoother shave. When I, when I shave, I use Zen Shave, which is their shaving balm, which is so clean and natural and moisturizing, you can actually use a dab of it as aftershave, not some pressurized blue goo shot out of a can. It's a wonderful way to shave. Uh, you can use it on your legs too, ladies. <laughs> and at night, both Val and I use their Best Skin Ever Moisturizer. It smells great, it feels great, and gives your skin that healthy, happy glow when it's not being clogged and bombarded by chemicals. So whatever your skin needs, I promise Living Libations has a premium, natural, and wonderful product to replace the random chemical nightmare they sell at 7-Eleven. So do your body and your skin and your health a favor. Go to livinglibations.com and use promo code WEIRD for 20% off. Wow, what a deal. That's livinglibations.com, promo code WEIRD for 20% off. They're weird today. I know. I'm trying new things. It's helping. It's helping. Thank you. All right, guys. I can't believe it's been 40 episodes. 40 episodes. That's almost a year. We're almost at 52, which would be a year. Oh, my gosh. I kind of... Remember when we used to do this in the car at Ojai? Yes, I do. It was hot as balls. I know. It was better, but I do miss Ojai. This is a fun one. I can't wait for you to hear the song we open with. It's a a treat. Yeah. Go ahead and just get into it. You did everything different, and I loved it. Yeah, I'm unpredictable, baby. You're a true talent. Weird. What's happening? <laughs> Motherfuckers! That's a great... Let's listen to the beginning again. Fantastic. I don't. It's so you know, good. Also, it's like a Tarantino song. Yeah. Like he loves those. I actually had a really great experience just now with that because I don't. I, if I do know that song. It's from Succession. He's listening. The reason I'm playing. Uh, we're rewatching. Everybody. Everybody who listens to this podcast regularly knows we're rewatching Succession. Yeah. For the third time. I love it. It's fantastic. We're discovering stuff. Uh, cousin Greg, dream guest. What's his real name? Uh, Nicholas, Nicholas Braun. Nicholas Braun. Uh, well, um, I would uh, love to do your podcasting, but um, one of the things is my wireless fi uh, is, is spotty. Uh, come to think of it. Oh my god. That was perfect. That was perfect. That was perfect. That was you know the what? best you've ever done. You know what that deserves? It's like I funny. Punch I'll a punch a baby bear in his shit. In his shit. Which I like to think right. he means in his shit. Like there's some shit and the bear's like, don't punch my shit because it's like weird. I don't. But think I think that's he probably means. means his like dick. Or just like, oh yeah. Knowing his affinity for dicks from the first line. Yeah. But so, what, what, what? Well, what? I didn't know. I'm not as familiar with that song. So I was, I saw that you queued up a song, didn't know what it was, was like, 
okay, is this just like a, is this going to be, I was expecting like a punk song. Yeah. And then like the guitar happened and I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And then they dropped a mad beat. <laughs> a mad beat. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And a uh, mad beat. <laughs> These from somebody, uh, this from somebody who in line at Whole Foods just spontaneously uh, impulse bought a can of mineral spray oh. Alba sunblock. We ju- we which, went- by the way, we do use living libation sunblock. Those of you fact checking my loyalty, but I was like, here's some spray sunblock that's sometimes nice, and it's mineral. And it was just an impulse purchase. And and why do we impulse purchase? To learn to pick ourselves up. And no, we- to feel kind of fun. It's a fun feeling. We also. <laughs> That's why. To feel fun, it's a fun feeling. Well, it is. We, and we got in the car after, like, pretty much enjoying a good hour at Whole Foods. We got in a car, and I, I feel like it's important to the story that, like, as you were backing up, because there's something kind of cool about that. Oh, yeah. Like, Driving as, backwards is... Is very cool. It's as close as I'll come to riding a horse. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's not I've very never close to I've her. been on a horse briefly in Petra. It's in Jordan. Google it. Uh but never for a long time. Never at a clop. Yeah. I've clipped, but I've never clopped. <laughs> but driving backwards is my so were, is my horse. You were driving backwards and you were just were the first thing you said. Like so we got in the car and you went started to go backwards and you went I got some spray-on mineral sunscreen, so that's good. (laughs) (laughs) And then we both just laughed at, like, and you were like, we're such yuppies. And I was like, I know. And for some reason right now, it's feeling really good. We also were such ladies yesterday. We had a perfect day yesterday. You said we were like a a female couple, which I completely agreed with. I guess that's unfair. Our female energy was high because we were nesting. And I love... Going to the grocery store. Well, you are my you are my best <laughs> girlfriend, among other things. But like, it's yeah. one of my favorite things about our relationship. I wouldn't, I I don't do well in relationships where it's just like a lot of masculine energy, and I can't. One of my greatest thrills in life, as listeners of this podcast know, is like female friendship, and our relationship has a little bit. Of yeah, female friendship That's vibes. what I'm about. Gabbing like gals on know. the old Pete Holmes show. And of course, we're working with like very, uh, I'm going to say oppressive gender norms right now while we're we're saying what's traditionally female. Well, we're whatever. looking at the cookies and respecting what was cut out of it. But we're looking at the cookies most people are crunching on. Yeah. Like our parents. <laughs> yeah. And uh, who knows if it's even most people, but we're working. We know we're working with those gender norms. Yeah. Or if it's this, most but... of history, it's probably not. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so yesterday we, um, it was an unexpected perfect day. I got up OMG. with Leela. And I was going to work. And Pete was going to work. I was going to work. Adds to it because you know it's in everything even you're doing. Playing you're... hooky is so much yeah. better. In fact, it's one of the reasons why I struggle as a, as, a, as a writer, are the cameras rolling? I'm a writer. God, I hate... And I struggle as a writer. I, I struggle with people who brag about being writers because yeah. I am one of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> why would it bother me if it didn't reflect? But yeah. when people are like, I'm just going to go to a coffee shop and write. I'm like, keep that to yourself. Yeah, be embarrassed like, when you yeah, have be to say that you're a writer. Be embarrassed. <laughs> That you're like taking a slow, meandering walk into your subconscious, like 
Uh, okay, is that Jack Kerouac over there? <laughs> but That's anyway. Not, to those of you who say that you are a writer with pride, obviously that is what we support. Oh, talk to me in five minutes when I'm loving your confidence. And it, and really, there is jealousy. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, you've carved out time to do that? But actually, you, I've heard you say to people who ask what you do for a living that you're a writer because to, that's an actually less embarrassing thing than, than I'm a to comedian. say I'm a comedian. Yeah. And comedian would be more honest, Mm -hmm. but comedian usually... Actually, I've learned writer's bad, too. You know what my fake job at Enterprise Rent-A-Car used to be? What? I I deal in uh, bathroom tile. Nuh-uh. Yeah. I only did it once or twice because I always felt really bad. But Enterprise has a real jacked-on coffee feel. <laughs> it's always 12 noon in an Enterprise rent-a-car. I wish you could see both thumbs went up. Both, both thumbs jacked. shot up when he said jacked-on coffee. Jacked-on coffee. And then he held the thumbs up. And I don't know if this is my up. observation but or if other comedians, because comedians go to Enterprise rent-a-car a lot. Actually, I'm a Hertz man, but it doesn't. Enterprise has a different flavor. It's the funniest flavor. Mm. And it's always, I think somebody else said this on stage. Forgive me, I can't remember who. But they were like, the people at Enterprise act like they own the cars. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Which is so funny. It's also like the people at Office Max act like they own all the printers. It's like, let me show you my printer. Which they should. Yeah. A good salesman sells his printer. Like, this is, he has some ownership and some value invested into the printer. So it's a good sales technique. But there definitely seems to be an umbrella policy at Enterprise (laughs) Rent-A-Car. I keep saying the full. That it's always 12 noon, you've always just taken a shit, and you've just had your second cup of coffee. <laughs> that is the feeling of every power blue tie, uh, power blue shirt, tie, tucked in. They're excited you're there, and they want to sell you a car, but they're not selling... They have car salesman energy, but they're not selling you a car. It's $13. Yeah. It's $13 if you're in, the, like, you know, North Dakota. <laughs> it's very cheap to rent a car, and they're like... Closed another one. Ring the bell. I'm like, it was $25 with the insurance and I'll be back tonight. Like, I'm not buying the car. If I was listening to this podcast right now, I'd be like, this is why I tune in because I would relate so hard. Well, yeah, because it's your experience. That's exactly (laughs) so funny. And that is actually very, uh, a very profound area, which is like... Getting some distance, it's like one of my biggest things. I'm trying. Mm -hmm. My job as a comedian is, of course, to repeat on my experience. Yeah. But then all of my readings with Richie and stuff are like trying to go, my experience and my attitude and my opinion actually kind of aren't that important. Mm -hmm. They are psychologically, they are professionally for me and professionally for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But he was writing about like, how celebrities go on talk shows and they, or, or I think he was talking, it felt like he might've been making fun of Bill Maher. They use their sarcasm and their tone and their jokes as if they're participating in any way in the grand tradition of transcend and include and wide reaching transrational, even wisdom, like Mm. the wisdom tradition Mm -hmm. of form of, Form, chaos, reform, like like that. Like we don't really give a fuck. We just like to hear. I'm in a bad mood, and I'm the I'm the king of this. Yeah. I take what I'm feeling right now, 
and I turn it into something that other people can touch and play with. And that's, I like that. And I like other people that do that. But I'm trying to introduce some humility. That's why I love your roast joke. Because like at a certain point, for me, it was my 40s. You just go like, it's like Bo Burnham special. He has a thing where he's like, can anyone shut the fuck up? Just for just for ten minutes, he just goes on this rant. He's like, "Just shut the fuck up! Just shut the fuck up! Just for ten minutes, can anyone shut?" And he goes, "And I know I'm not shutting the fuck up right now, but can anyone shut the fuck up?" And that's this like that's so funny, sickening Vegas circus of opinions. When Dave Chappelle called Twitter the bathroom wall. Like reading the bathroom wall. And reading the bathroom wall is fun. Yeah. You read like something shocking. You read something genuinely funny. You read someone beautiful. You read something strangely beautiful. Uh And then there's just like an anatomically correct sketch of a vagina. Like you're just like, (laughs) it was the internet. Yeah. (laughs) So he's so right. Mm -hmm. But like Bo and Chappelle are both like nudging us away in their own way, away from from that. So I loved your I loved your joke. Well, I, I I think it goes back to we just had Tara Brock on the podcast. Which was awesome. She's fantastic, you guys. This was my first time getting to meet her and you as you all know, she's one of my greatest teachers and she's even better she than was I thought. way better. And I already thought that she was the best and then she just totally surpassed me. I only say that. better because I'm like, this'll probably be sometimes interviewing a spiritual person will just be a little bit dry. Yeah. Not always. Certainly not Richie and not Rob or, and not, not even Jack. Jack Cornfield was amazing, but like you go in going, This isn't show business. Yeah. And Tara like reached through the Zoom. Yeah. And like just like hugged us. Yeah. And every I think everybody that listens, it'll be out next week. Yeah. Will feel that like gelatinous air quality. Yes. Where sometimes all you need is someone reminding you that mm-hmm. it's all right here. And you know what else is so impressive? Yes. I mean, the be- the biggest thing is that she just transmuted such love and wisdom. Transmitted. And- transmitted, sorry. She transmuted Muted our anxiety. <laughs> into love and, yeah. But also, I am currently, like, have, you know, been reading all of her books and taking her her training, her mindfulness training. So I listened to her talk multiple times a week so i'm in i'm diet no i'm in jesting why can't i jesting yeah wow that sounded so wrong for a second you could also say imbibing it has a alcohol flavor no i'm going with ingesting (laughs) i was trying to guess what you were saying yeah 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 i'm ingesting so much of her material and i didn't hear her repeat anything in that podcast she said all brand new things basically it felt brand new and again spirituality remains my number one thing obviously my love for you and leela is part of my spirituality i don't know why i felt the need to say that Mm. but like this the source uh the source of everything and the source of connection and the source of love is always my favorite thing and i i don't know why i'm compelled to say not for the need to be right mm. or the need to be in or the need. We talked about this. Richard Rohr talks about um, spiritual capitalism mm. that we turn Jesus into this way of like, he's like a mater D that you grease his palm, his, his mm. palm with a hole in it. And he gets God to give you a good table. Mm. Like we've turned every, everything into like another way to win. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. When really the whole of the gospel is about 
winning through losing. Like that's sort of the whole message right. is that everything is used. Everything is woven together. Yeah. So when I see someone like Tara, the reason I love it isn't that the, the ego hit that it used to be of like, I knew I was right and I knew she was right. It's like it, it gives you a, someone being so I'm trying I'm losing it a little bit but someone being so free yeah. that of course she's so on the razor's edge of the moment that she has access to something greater than herself like she's she's not doing what um and I love I have love for Jay Leno but like that comedian mind where we're always trying to think of the next thing we say that's sort of the opposite of intense anchor drop presence yeah. and when Tara or Muji, or whoever it is that we're always marveling that they never repeat themselves. That's why spirituality is so interesting. It's mm. it's infinite potential. It's mm. ultimate spaciousness. Mm-hmm. It's 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 uh, not the scary void. It's the wide open ski slope void of mm. of infinite cal. Cal- un- incalculable possibility. Yeah. Of course, it would be fucking interesting, and we turned it into. Obviously, I talk about this too much, but we turned it into something so boring we can barely spare forty-five minutes on a Sunday. Yeah. And I completely agree. I do not go to church. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not judging that. It's so boring that it's like barely an hour on Sunday, and we got to run. Remember the feeling of leaving church after Sunday and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is it. This is the longest it'll be until I have to go to church again. <laughs> I love church because it was like super social for me. But Hilarious. Yes. I also got, that was on The Simpsons, I'm not reala- realizing. But anyway, yeah, yeah. she's so spacious that she's not doing Leno trying to think. I watched her let topics go. Yep. She had something to say, but she just, yeah. what are you right. talking about? Like, why... Why go back? There's something new here. And I know all of her, or not all of her, but I know a lot of like topics that she could easily do an hour on, that I've heard her do an hour on. Yeah. That would come up and she would let them go. And and like that, that yeah, she was just incredibly present. And spacious. And spacious. And that's why I'm trying to say spirituality should be, if we're in our right minds, it is sort of the most interesting thing in the world. Meaning when it means freedom and spaciousness yeah. and potential. Yeah. And locking into the, <gasps> yeah. I can go in any direction right now. And when you talk to a truly spiritual person or a conscious person or a present person, mm-hmm. you see what, when we saw Eckhart Tolle, we saw somebody that was like, I have not planned what I'm going to say. Yeah. And you don't. These are, it's so much better than thinking of uh, St. Francis in a robe feeding a bird. Mm. Richard Rohr sort of makes fun of that. He calls it bird bath Franciscanism. Mm-hmm. A better image for St. Francis might be St. Francis skiing on the Milky Way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like somebody that's like just listening to the mountain of the moment for feedback mm. and leaning and speeding up and slowing down. But they're getting that immediate feedback of an mm. ever-changing terrain. Right. Moving fast. It's happening right now. Maybe it's time for me to shut the fuck up. Can anyone shut the fuck up for 10 minutes? <laughs> um, yes. And I... What, why? Yes. 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 Please calm down. <laughs> yes, please. You are... Um, you're whiplashing us. No, no, no. I was, let, all I, of that was great. Oh, okay. I appreciate it. Um, what made me bring up Tara 
was what you were saying about just because sometimes this is, let's just acknowledge this in real time. And I think maybe we have before, like in the beginning of the podcast, I'll say just like five words and then you're like, yes. And then you say a hundred and then 300, 300. And then I, before I have the chance to like loop it back to what I was originally saying. And then I get very, very unlike what you're talking about, uh, where I can let things go and and like the way Tara was rolling with it and skiing and being really flexible and I feel like a rigidity where I'm like I have to finish my point otherwise I would I would like you to I, okay well that's really sweet. and that's ridiculous maybe the terrain is saying finish that point yeah that's true you know what I'm saying yeah thank you it's like Ra- Ra- they asked Ramdas how can you be here now if you have to make a if the phone rings and you have to make a plan he's like. Be there as you pick up the phone. Yeah. And be there as you say, I'll see you on Thursday. Did yeah. you say Ramdas says that? Ramdas, yeah. Because Eckhart Tolle says that exact thing. Oh my God, the power of now and be here now are colliding! <laughs> in the now! In the now! <laughs> the same now Al Capone lived in. <laughs> I picked a bad guy. This a bad guy. Um. Anyway, so I just wanted to close that loop that you were saying you know that I, I that you love your sense of humor and that you're the humbling thing about humbling your need to talk and all of that and it just made me think of what Tara said and what we keep quoting we did all day yesterday about like not like enjoying those things and just not owning them yeah so enjoying that you you take yourself you you know you project your opinions and you make a living off of that and you can enjoy it. But once you fully identify with it and own it as like yours, yeah, um, that's where all the suffering comes from. Well, that was, I said to her, a mind blower mm-hmm. is that she's like, if you believe your specialness, that increases your separateness and that's where the suffering comes. Yeah. And I got that hard yeah. where I was like, of, if I, allow in and she conceded this too that she's like i'm a sometimes i'm like oh i'm an in-demand spiritual teacher and that's okay because mm-hmm. we don't want phony yeah you are tara an in-demand spiritual teacher mm-hmm. and that's okay yeah. but if you really let it pass the membrane of your identity and into yeah. your heart yeah then you go i'm in demand and this person isn't in demand and then I can say from experience that leads to not just what you might expect, which is like pride and I'm a fancy boy and I'm going to go have some oysters on a Thursday or whatever. Mm -hmm. It also comes like guilt and you have to reconcile all of these horrible, heavy, like it sucks to feel better than people. Yeah, because it sucks to feel better than people. It's the worst. It's like it's like it's lonely up. At the top. What is that saying? Yeah, it's lonely. It's Heavy lonely. lies the crown is what Shakespeare said. Yeah. But like, it's what Shakespeare said. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Well, Drake says, started at the bottom, now I'm here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I tried and it came late. I know. <laughs> it came late. It's great. I'm a bag of tits. Put me to your lips. <laughs> 
is so great. It's fantastic. And I should say who it is. It's, a, it's, DJ, it's Shadow. DJ Shadow from the Run the Jewels record. No, no, it's DJ Shadow and Run the Jewels. Oh, excuse because me. Because look at sorry, this. Run. Look at this play. <laughs> I know, I loved it. Um, look at this playlist. It's just duets. So on this playlist... Oh, it's a duets playlist. On this playlist, there is that song, and then there's You're the One That I Want from Greece, and then there's Telephone by Lady some, Gaga and some, some, Just because it's a, a genre, or it's a category, doesn't mean these songs belong. Well, yeah, who, who is going to go... You know what my favorite genre of music is? Duets. <laughs> You're so funny. I only want to hear two people singing a song together. I'm in the mood to hear like, any any song as long as two people are singing it together. That don't normally... Like like the Avid Brothers aren't a duet. Like we want right. a duet. I want, I want two People who are famous dissimilar. on their own yes. singing a song You're together. You're on a road trip with somebody who says their favorite music is duets. <laughs> If you don't go to the nearest gas station and like, get out, cartoon style, kick them out with yeah, a boot. That's great. I was gonna say get out and call an Uber, but cartoon style, kicking them out with a boot and saying, "Sorry, this duet car ride just became a solo," and peel out. It's your own fault when you wake up in a bathtub full of ice. Like that person <laughs> is insane. It does sound like I something love duet. A, a sociopath who clearly doesn't enjoy music because they're a sociopath would make up. Like, yes, if they're like so. What? Uh, what it's music bag do you of like? Sand. Du- duets. <laughs> it's a breast feels like a bag of sand. That's it. It's You're someone, calling someone, or that person is an alien. Yes. Uh, and has completely, is trying to be human and can't. It reminds me of being in junior high and thinking, like, what kind of person will I be? Yeah. And we were just talking about this in our parenting class this morning. Uh, we take a parenting class. <laughs> Shakespeare said, heavy lies the parenting class. Um, but just how, like, the reason why our possessions mean so much to us is because they're extensions of our identity. And that is Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. And that's why, like, the difference between someone stole my car or someone stole the car is so different. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pete did a monologue on property ownership during our, the the last... We were over five minutes. Well, you know what it is, Mama, is that, like, during those things, talk about gender norms... I'm trying to walk the line between um, the the gender stereotype that I'm going to talk too much mm. and be like, try to assert myself over the vulnerable, um, sort of spacious, I don't want to say feminine, it's like spacious and lovey. It's so spacious and lovey that it threatens me as a man. So the way I'll protect myself is I'll tell lots of stupid stories mm. and I'll, I'll start talking about my parents mm. instead of just like owning up to how I'm raising our daughter. So that's one of my moves I'm mm. aware of is talking too much. Yeah. Then I'm like, so I'm going to talk very little. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also very aware that that's another choice. Is the And I'm sure Taryn, our, our teacher, sees that a lot, is mm. the guy, or I'm guessing, the guy who doesn't participate, and that's also a defense. So mm-hmm. I hadn't been talking very much. I was talking when asked questions and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, fuck, I don't know if she feels appreciated. And I do appreciate her. And I, so I was like, the only thing I can think to add is this little, uh, little, uh, aria. <laughs> I did sing it. 
<laughs> Picture this. Yeah. I'm a bag of dicks. That's really interesting. And what great self-awareness as usual. And I didn't really know you were like mentally going through those dynamics while we were there. Well, I, yeah. I thought, I mean, I tried to, I'm just trying to think of how I can support you in that. Like I, she asks us a question and I usually try to allow you to go first, but then I realized I'm just balancing like, does he want to go first or do you want me to no, set the I want stage you to go, for it? I want you to go first. To be honest, in our parenting styles, uh, I really am skiing mm-hmm. and I'm deleting a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like a skier. I'm not thinking about... The tree that you just passed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that. That's a cool way of saying I'm forgetful or, or mm-hmm. like I'm not paying that close of attention. Mm. And I'm also like full of shit. I'm a bag of dicks. Put me to your lips. Mm-hmm. Is that like there's constantly a reality reframing program running mm-hmm. that will sort of say no matter what we're doing with Leela, it's right. Yeah. Often in our parenting class, it's it's confirmed that a lot of what we're doing is good. Yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, you are a better record keeper and that's really valuable so if she says Mm. like how's it been going with Leela I'll answer honestly that it's been going perfectly (laughs) and then you'll be like well she did find that switchblade and (laughs) she threw it into my foot and I'll be like oh right yeah so I'm just trying to yeah I got it that's that's interesting yeah, which actually you just reminded me that I did want to talk to her because things will happen I'll be like I want to talk to Taryn about this after um where she, yesterday she threw, she spit milk completely on. This me. is Leela, not Taryn. Leela, yeah. Leela, in her defense, watches cartoons where it's funny, and it is. Yeah. And it is kind of funny when she does it to you. <laughs> hey. That's the yeah. problem. No, yeah. It's like we were playing telephone this morning, and I picked up a remote, and I said, ring, ring, pick up the phone. And she picked up the other remote, and I go, is this Leela? And she goes, no, and then hangs up. Mm -hmm. That is funny. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, what happens when it's her friend who calls? I mean, she probably won't. But if she did that, you have to introduce this other level of awareness where you have to be like, well, that might not feel good to the other person, you know? Yeah. uh, Well, and the raspberries is a really good example of this. Like, when she first learned to do the... Like from Toy Story thing with her tongue, I, I was like, oh man, because I have so many memories of like, kind of only in my childhood, what I would have called then. Well, I wouldn't have used this wording, but like the like shitty kids used to do that. Yeah, and but then you have this whole thing with you, Leela, and your dad, where you try to get her to do that to him because he thinks it's really funny. We call it raspberries, so not so literally you, raspberries, but ra- a raspberry is. Yeah. I always thought a raspberry was when you like blew on the tummy. That was, but I, oh, interesting. Yeah, but, we call those crackle farts. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, so she, so that gets reinforced, and it's in that context really supported. Like you are trying to get her to do that. Yeah. Uh, so then, but then now, of course, she's learned somehow the context of if we ask her to do something that she doesn't want to do, she says no. <laughs> Yeah. And you're like, well, that feels really shitty. That's the shitty kids doing that. Uh, so anyway, there's just, it, 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 we're really in this space now where 
you're realizing like, oh God, context is everything. Yeah. And a two year old, of course, rightfully. Well, you is said, not say the funny thing. We were talking about how reality is a is a DMT trip. Yeah. Like if you really sort of uh, drop the scales from your eyes. And this is something Shane, I've never done DMT, but he's done DMT. Shane Moss. Shane Moss talked about, he's like, when you come back to this reality after that reality, you're like, you see that this reality is a trip. Like, yes. it's a trip. but and, and like, literally there's like games being played and all that stuff. Yeah. And you were talking about, talking about context. So she watches Toy Story 3, which has Big Baby blow a raspberry mm. at um, Lotso, Lotso yeah. Hug and Bear. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny. Yeah. And we want her to have the subtlety of going, well, like, that's not real. Yeah. That's a movie. And here it's real. And do you want to say the funny thing you said? Yeah. Well, first of all, I was like, this is people describe DMT trips as being one of the constants is like you go into this reality that has completely unfamiliar like shapes and items and beings that you can't even describe because you don't have a reference for it. Right. They're entities that don't have, this is like a Terrence McKenna thing. He's like, they don't have arms, but they offer you things. He's like, I don't know how else to say it. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But they're offering you these items. And he's like, if you could bring any one of these items into this world, the whole thing would fall apart. Like it would be a complete, reality changer yeah so his thing with dmt is always like the biggest risk is death by astonishment Mm. obviously he's like it's safe but like the biggest risk is that you might just explode he says it's like it dmt is more surprising than if you saw alien spacecraft landing in your yard Mm. or if you watch the rising of atlantis out of the ocean wow so he's like it's a real it's a it's a real trip. Yeah. And you were like, so Leela... Well, yeah, yeah so this is the... Exp- the welcoming the, thing. The, yeah. The way that... So it's like you, you go into this, this completely unfamiliar place and there are beings who are really excited that you're there. And they just want to show you things. And I've definitely heard it explained, I think by Shane too, that they're showing you Why? things... At, <laughs> they're showing you things at such a rate. At such a rate. I can't do it. Um, Sorry, Shane. That, was that bad. like you want you could spend so much you could spend hours with just one of the items because it's so foreign and exciting to you. But then they're like showing you something else and something else and something else, and um, and so first of all, just like obviously that's exactly the experience of birth, which you do have DMT in your brain when you're born, right? Yeah. And you have DMT activated in activated your in your brain. And so, of course, that's exactly the experience of being a child. Like, you're born into this completely unfamiliar reality, and then the beings are excited that you're there, and then we're like, look at this rattle! Look at this whatever! Pacifier! Look at this teddy bear! Look at Dada! Look at Mama! And the way that babies look at an object is, like, wide-eyed. Like, they're like, holy shit! Yeah. What? And we're like, now look at this! Now look at this! And you just, like, can't wait to show them life and see what they do when they react to it. And it is probably going at such an incredible speed to them. So that's so much like DMT. And then the other th- what I said, which I think you're referencing, is I was like, think about it like Leela watching TV, for example. So if you're if you were describing a DMT trip, and by the way, neither one, you mentioned this, but neither one of us has done DMT. But this is just based on listening to a lot of people talk about their experience. But if you were like, 
Yeah, so you're in this world and there are these beings that look like look a certain way but then you watch this rectangle of light like I know this is going to sound crazy but you watch this rectangle of light that has beings that talk like the beings that are in the room with you but they look completely different like they're made of something completely different yeah they're flat they're they're self-luminous yeah they're they're they, Do, they look like a dog, kind of, but they're like I'm thinking of animation yeah. or Pixar. Oh you yeah, know? Like and they move at a different frame rate than reality. Yeah, like, and when I move my hand, there's way more frames being captured than a cartoon. Right, their lines and edges are different, but yeah. they talk like the other people, and and then sometimes they'll oh, because we were, I was actually talking about how we bought her these Peppa the Pig. Um, bars at the, at Whole Foods. Like a snack bar. Yeah. So she's like, and then sometimes, so if you're explaining this trip, you're like, you're this rectangle of light and the beings are talk like, like the, the beings that I'm with, but they look very different. And then sometimes we go to this place where we gather things to put in our body. Which you mentioned is also overwhelming. So overwhelming. It's overstimulating to a grown-up. All the yeah. colors and the smells. The sounds and the smells. Here's and the, the cold section. I mean, that must look like the, the ice planet from Star Wars to her. Yeah. It's like, here's the eggs. You know how we have eggs at home? Here's a million eggs! Yes. And she's like, ah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then we pass by a snack and it has the people that are, or, or the beings that are in that re- rectangle yeah. of light. You see them later. You see them later. And we might even be like, and their gods are in a glowing rectangle and they spend hours looking at their gods Yeah, in almost a meditative state. They're not moving and they don't talk and they give complete reverence to these shapes. Yeah. And then they go to the grocery store and the gods are on the the snack bars that we buy and when i think when i eat them i'm eating their body like it's <laughs> yeah. like it's like their communion like her eating the bluey bar yeah. or the peppa pig bar is like i'm eating peppa like finally she's here yeah and that's what a stuffed animal is here's an avatar of the self-luminating flat god peppa yeah and you can take it yeah Fucking yes, crazy. It's so weird. And life's that, a trip, dude. Life's a trip. Like life is a trip and we're just used to it at this point. But it goes back just to your thing about way. like, isn't it so funny that we can be bored? Yeah. That like and and that it is and that we're trying to do these drugs to experience uh to experience that again because this one's like old news or something. Right. When really that's how you I really feel like Byron Katie and um, Eckhart Tolle, these people who have completely lost their egos or lost identification with their egos, um, probably do feel that way about this reality. Yeah. Like are constantly well, we're tripping de- out it's on Desmond this. Tutu and the Dalai Lama tickling each other. Yeah. Which is Rob Bell's story. When he saw them meet, they tickled. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. That's what you would do if you were in your right mind. Yeah. Like, if we were in our right mind, there would be more snuggling, there'd be more sledding, there'd be more laughing. Yeah. And, and it's not just... Sunsets get such a fucking headline status for, like, people who are tuned in. But one of the reasons I spend a lot of my time listening to people's DMT trips, listening to Terrence lecture on DMT, is because when I start hearing more and more about an alternate reality mm. and what it's like... And people always say it's more real than this place. Then when I'm giving Leela a bath, 
I am, it's like when we were thinking about getting pregnant, we called it almost parent eyes. Mm -hmm. You have almost parent eyes. That meant your pupils were wide, the color was vibrant, and it was almost like you do have an outline. It's almost like Mm -hmm. someone is outlining with like a Japanese calligraphy pen, reality. Like it's, there's a sharpness. Mm-hmm. You can experience this on weed too. Like you just get like a, a locked in, holy fuck. And I'm having that because I'm spending so much time uh, imagining and hearing tell of this other reality. Mm-hmm. And that makes me so, one of the things it does, it can scare me. And then it makes me so appreciative of being in this reality. Like you said, Sandra Bullock coming back after gravity, like you kiss the ground. Yes. And there are stories of people, Michael Pollan, when he, when he smoked toad venom, <laughs> had such an insane, which I think is in the DMT family, had such an insane trip or mm-hmm. such a depersonalized trip that when he came back, he literally kissed the ground. Yeah. So sometimes being a lightweight in these things, meaning I'm the kind of person you talk about butter long enough, I feel like I've eaten butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can listen to other people's trips and then I start, I'm imbued with the fascination of this world partially as if I just came back from that place. Yeah. Because I really feel like if it was in me, DMT is the only hallucinogen that is, uh, I wish I knew the fancy, Terrence would know the fancy word, for made by our bodies. Mm. We, it's the only... Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. hallucinogen there's others in plants but we make dmt right we make it right fucking insane That's huge insane. clue to consciousness itself is that like but we have inhibitors mm-hmm. so often when you're taking ayahuasca for something to make it uh orally active is you take the you take something that blocks the inhibitor yeah and that's why you can ingest it very i find this stuff very interesting can i just say Anyway, so my point is I come back to this reality and even as I'm talking to you now, I'm just like, ah, I'm heavy in it. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm, a, I'm the pinball b- ball in the pinball machine. I'm totally fucking here yeah. and I love it. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Iris who helps us with Lee and I was like, you know, I, I sauna every day and she's like, oh, that's, that's really hard for me. And I was like, oh yeah, I, I find a real, it's hard. <laughs> she doesn't for, really she doesn't talk, really talk like about, this. Yeah. I was like. The trick is you need to watch something or read something that is 10 out of 10 interesting. Mm. And as I was telling her that, I was like, this has nothing to do with Iris. I was like, I think a lot of us don't know what's 10. I'm talking 10 out of 10. You will stay in a sauna. Yeah. Even though you're so uncomfortable because you have to hear it. Mm. And listening to people talk about DMT is my 10 out of 10 interesting. Yeah. And how grateful I am. It's a big part of what this podcast is about, is uncovering the things that are 10 out of 10. I I don't mean to put down people in my family, but I'm like, do you know what's 10 out of 10? Yeah. Like, I know you like Corvettes and Lou Gehrig, but is that 10 out of 10? (laughs) I'm talking about someone telling you that, like, magic is real and there really is a door in the floor and you can open it and go in it and it's like Atlantis rising from the ocean. It's more surprising than that. Mm. That'll keep me in a sauna and that'll make me forget that I'm in intense discomfort. Yeah. I was like, fuck. That was a real gratitude moment where I was like, we were watching Joseph Campbell. So I'll circle circle back to Joseph Campbell. And I said to you, Val, I was like, 
we have a deep bench. Joseph Campbell, Alan Watts, Byron Katie, Tara Brock, you know, Eckhart Tolle, Tolle, Ram Dass, Ram Dass, Richard Rohr, Jack Kornfield. (laughs) Any one of these people, you pick any of them, Terrence McKenna, any of them is 10 out of 10. Every page of Richard's books, I find you could frame them. Rob Bell, similar. You know, it's like, this is, this is it. Yeah. And I was like, really, really grateful. That's my hope for everyone listening. It's my hope for continued for me and continued for you is to find the stuff that isn't like culturally inherited interesting. Mm -hmm. Like that can be powerful. I love baseball because I watch baseball with my dad. But like really like through your psyche, through your preferences and all that stuff. And it's just like, oh, I found the thing that is plutonium. Mm -hmm. And you can't bore me with it. Yeah. Although I will say, and I don't know what this does. Uh, what I, you, I would say I'm very bored right now. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Uh, yeah, I think that is so true. But uh, I was going to say, I don't know if this like totally contradicts. It might contradict the point you just made. But my. Love it. My experience with the with being so interested that I'll stay in the sauna was truly with season four of The Crown. <laughs> Sure. Because I was, like, obsessed. I was, like, Princess Diana. I am, like, most people. I'm very obsessed with her story. And I just, like, couldn't. You know what I watch in the sauna when I'm not? I watch Nobody. Yeah. But that I said that to Iris. Mm. I would like to find realms that are as interesting. I haven't seen A Quiet Place, but as A Quiet Place. Mm. Those horror thrillers Mm -hmm. that are, that insist that if you leave the sonnets because the movie was too intense. Yeah. And everybody that listens knows I love that uh, parable about waiting for the kingdom of heaven like waiting for a burglar. That, to find horror movie engagement in academia Mm -hmm. or spirituality is like yeah, real juice for me. Like when you're reading a book by any one of those teachers and you're like, I can't I'm going to read each sentence twice yeah. because this is complete gold. And just anybody listening, and then I'll take a three-month break where I don't read it ever, yeah. and I couldn't buy an interest in reading it. I don't know why. I um, I just want to go back because I think it's worth mentioning in case anybody else is having this experience. Um, and it's just it's just interesting that like as you were talking about all of that, you. Um, you know, you were like, I have multiple times throughout this, I guess it's just, it's people who listen to this podcast know that I, I had kind of, uh, I, not kind of, I had a traumatic experience on psilocybin three and a half years ago. And then, um, and then have, uh, haven't done it, won't probably do it again, but, um, and, and so much happened, so much beautiful, uh, transformation happened as a result of that and it is still happening, but I still am working on the healing from that. So obviously when we go deep into talking about psychedelics, that is activating for me. Mm. And so just as we're talking about this, I, I do get to, I just want to explain this process in case other people are having it. Um, I do get into what have the biggest transition is that, or um, the biggest change since that is before I had that experience, I could talk all about psychedelics and be like, 
in this beautiful way, in the way that you are able to do it, be like, wow, what a crazy mystery. Like, what the fuck is this? That we're in this weird reality and we can go to other realities that tell us truths about this one. And like, and like, wow, what beautiful wonder and would just have only wonder and awe about it. And now I, it turns it into being like, holy shit, what is this? I'm sorry, Mom. It's okay. I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing, it, it really isn't, I would tell you if it was too too much but it's like you went in the chocolate factory and the oompa loompas weren't friendly (laughs) or i or or to use that metaphor you went into the like lollipop garden and i'm in the the tummy the tunnel where he's singing the creepy song yeah yeah yeah. i'm like yeah we're in the same factory but like yeah totally um and and so as you were talking i'm i'm experiencing this whole thing where i'm like what uh, what is this? Like, why does that exist? Why can you go to this whole other place in DMT? And is that real? And then like, and then I feel that way about this reality where I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, why, what is the going bad, on? What is this? Yeah. And, and then I went, okay, my mind is trying to understand something that it can't understand. So it's panicking because it can't understand it. So I'm like, just experience this reality with your body. And just experience, like, what is in this room. That's all that is actually real, is this moment, what is in this room. And that's why Desmond Tutu and and the Dalai Lama can tickle each other after they've seen so much genocide and horrific things, is that what's actually, the only thing that's really real in that moment is that they're seeing their friend. Right. And so they can actually have pure joy for that. I'm also squeezing my feet and touching my feet. I find that very grounding. Mm. And when you said, I'm really heavy in this moment, I realized like the, the real trauma from the psychedelics was that I had a period of time, only like two weeks afterwards where I wasn't on psychedelics, but I would fall back into the experience of being on psychedelics. So I got really scared that it wasn't like this thing affected my inhibitors. It was like, I, my own brain is taking me to this really scary place without any external Mm -hmm. uh, stimulation. So I'm like, I don't feel heavy in this reality when we talk about this stuff because I don't trust. You start lifting off the ground. Yeah. I start lifting off the ground and I, and like you have only ever experienced and most people or a lot of people have only ever experienced. That's not true. I bet a lot of people have experienced what I have, but you've only experienced like I can trust my brain that unless I take this drug, my brain is not going to totally turn my entire reality upside down. Right. Um, and I just don't have that trust with my brain because of my experience. Right. So, so I I was like, oh, yeah, can I just, like, feel really heavy in this reality right now? And I use, like, squeezing my feet, just looking at the things in this room and being like, and then my mind will go, but we don't know what this is. Like, isn't this so fucking weird? Like, we don't know. And I go, okay, mind, thank you for trying to protect me. That's We're okay. These are just thoughts. Those are just thoughts that are coming out to try and protect me. That's not the actual reality. Um, and we can just rest in not knowing. Well, that's what Eckhart Tolle said. He said, I don't know what I'm going to talk about in this talk. Mm -hmm. Normally that would be really scary. 
if you think you're supposed to know. Yes. And Terrence McKenna, too. I'm not going back into the weird box. <laughs> he said, like, he basically said a version of dogs trying to understand the Internet. Yeah. Where he was like, what makes you think that these, like, humanoid apes are supposed to understand yeah. infinite? Yeah. Infinite awareness? And he's like, he goes, that wasn't part of the bargain. <laughs> That, that was a great impression. That was a good, that was a good mechanic. <laughs> that wasn't part that, of the bar. That wasn't part of the bar. I'm there, losing it. There is a relief in that. And maybe some people would find that really scary. But I can say to myself, it's not for me to know. But that's that's And that it. feels you, su- like, oh, okay. I don't have to do anything. It yet. feels bad if you think you're supposed to know. Yes. Then you're it. pushing up against, I should know, yeah. but that wasn't part of the bargain. Yeah. So we're at uh, the Botanical Gardens yesterday, part of our perfect day. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a lovely older woman who had a button on that said, ask me. It just said, ask me. Ask me. Mm-hmm. So she's there working for the for Huntington Gardens. And um, we were like, she just seemed so pleasant. And we mm-hmm. were like... I wish we had something to ask. Like mm-hmm. I said, how are you? And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, that, I was like, that's a question. She's like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. We talked and she talked to Leela a little bit. And then she was like, some people come up to me and just go, why? And then she goes, uh, and she laughed and she's like, I guess you're, you still think you need to figure that out or something. Yeah. She was like, that's the ultimate, or she said, a guy came up to me and was like, why? And he said, that's the ultimate question. Right. And she said, I guess if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the, there we've, I think we both found it delightful and comforting to be so flippant about it. It's, it's well, beginner's mind. It's beginner's mind. And it's, uh, Richard Rort writes about this where he's like the peace of the gospel or whatever you want to call it comes from you're not writing the story you're being written yeah and this is my toy story thing it's not just that you wake up that you're a toy it's you realize you're andy's toy yeah and and you the other way it's always put i was just reading this in something else it might have been terrence actually was like you don't have to push the river and you don't have to pull the river yeah you don't even really have to think about being in a river yeah but uh, unless it's it's fun for you or it has meaning for you. Yeah. But uh, like I, the, it, the way that we used to say that in my old church days was you don't make the sun rise and you don't make the sun set. Yeah. And the way that Gandalf the Grey says that is he's like, do you have the power to give life? Then you don't have the power to take life. Like what makes you think you can take life if you can't make it? Yeah. And these are all ways of... I saw somebody on Instagram sharing a great, great quote of yours from this podcast, yeah. which was like, it's scary at the moment of surrender. Again, so we're talking a little bit about fear. Terrence was talking about a line from Dune, and he was like, I haven't read Dune, but in Dune they say fear comes like a, a fierce wind mm-hmm. blowing into you, blowing on you, and it's unpleasant. And he's, I'm paraphrasing, I'm getting it very wrong. He's like, and the only thing you can do is just wait for it to blow itself out. Mm. And Tara, Tara said something similar. She said, I don't mind spoiling this. I'll be saying this every podcast after. Yeah. If a dog is running at you, like a scary dog is running at you, whistle for it. Oh, it's not so good. But so there's the non-resistance that's going, okay, I don't know. 
the resistance is, but I should know. Mm -hmm. The surrender is the cloud of unknowing. Yeah. Who it's not part of the bargain. Yep. Because I, when you were saying your piece, I got a little bit of that floopy. Mm. What? What the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you can go to the botanical gardens mm. and look at the trees and even lo- drop the label tree, which mm-hmm. is Eckhart and Kimming, don't even call it a tree. Just look at it like a DMT trip. Mm-hmm. When you're on a DMT trip, sorry, I hope it's okay to reference this, mm-hmm. you can't go, oh, that's a quidjiboo, and that's a wakawadidu. Yeah. You don't have the label, so of course you're overwhelmed with wonder. Yeah. So just do that here. Yeah. Why? The the rational mind's ownership of everything yeah. is a robbery of your bliss mm-hmm. in the present moment. Mm-hmm. And you can just... That's why I always laugh at the, all the signs of the gardens that say, this is a tim-tum. Mm-hmm. This this type of rose is called a yamding, and you see a bunch. It's it's always older women, and it there, it is honestly, always older women. <laughs> honestly, there is something they could be spending their time with doing way worse things. So of I course. actually do think that this is partially be, a beautiful trait of older women. But your mom does this too, where it's like every even if you walk in the neighborhood, they're saying that's a hydrangea. That's a jacaranda. Yeah. They're just like naming the flowers. And I, and that's their way of connecting with it. I'm really not putting that down. But I used to do, because uh, Eckhart recommends this on in, I think, A New Earth, when Leela was a baby, and I could still do it. She still is, is, you know, has this. But when she was a really brand new baby, I would walk with her and I would try, I would look at the same trees and plants that I always see on my walk but really try to see it the way she was seeing it. Yeah. It was just like no reference for this whatsoever. And I also want to say that there, when I can fully get in the moment, it is such a relief that like, I, there is the, I say this in, in the podcast with Tara that I will, a mantra of mine will be, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Like, Obviously, right now I have to do this podcast and talk and be interesting, but there is a part of me that's like behind that, that is, that doesn't have to do anything (laughs) is just the light that's like, and that, and it's such a relief. And the other thing I wanted to say is Tara said in the training, um, that when our, our minds are just wired so that, and maybe I said this before, but so that if we don't have a specific task, I did say this before, but I find it so fascinating. If we don't have a specific task at hand, our minds will either think about the past or the future in order to orient us in time and in our narrative of self to keep us kind of oriented so we're not just floating in complete space. Right. And it's doing that when it labels too. And all of and the of course we know so often with the mind <laughs> that it is actually trying to help. make <laughs> help to make you calm, to make you grounded and oriented, but its methods often do the opposite of what it's trying to do. But if you've cleaned up enough to where you can start lifting off the ground a little bit, mm-hmm. that's what I, I think that's what we're encouraging. Or actually what I would say I'm uh, encouraging is that you, 
that if you go through the means of being totally on this ground, of being in this body, in this room, and letting go of everything else, then that will get you to the same place. Mm. You're going, you're lifting off through rooting down Mm. as opposed to just lifting off. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Like you're going up the chakras as opposed to just the crown chakra and then Mm -hmm. being completely untethered. Yeah. And isn't that cool? Like, isn't it cool that you don't have to pick one or the other? That the design is, and the reason why it can feel so scary for me to just talk about DMT is that I am forgetting my body, forgetting that this moment is the actually only real thing. And when I can get into a place where I'm completely present with that, that I will have this, this, a similar experience. I'm not going to see all of the trippy things, but I will experience the, the pure awareness and expansiveness and infinite possibilities that also come from psychedelics. Mm-hmm. That's, that's sort of also the point I was making. Isn't it funny that just talking about psychedelics can give me a psychedelic appreciation of this reality? Yes. But you're helping me realize that that is a privilege of not having been traumatized. I've had troubling trips. And I actually want to point out that Terrence says he had, uh, he doesn't call them bad trips, difficult trips or Mm. challenging trips all the time. Yeah. One of the things he says is, they're so gentle with beginners. (laughs) But they're so uh, something. He says like um, merciless with veterans. Wow. And yeah. 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 He, He himself took a mushroom trip toward closer to the end of his life. And he never took them again for years. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, it, I for me, I don't feel like the trauma was the bad trip. I feel like the trauma was the afterwards. Because I was able to, at the beginning, I, I think I if it were just a bad trip, I would have been able to go, okay, when I take these yeah. drugs, I go to a scary place. So I'm just not going to take these drugs anymore. But what was scary was that my brain was taking me to those scary places without the drugs. Yeah. And that's what's that's what's made me spend years working on trusting my brain again. Yeah. Um, I, I've yeah. been doing that with Brian Murarescu. The psychod- it's probably one of the reasons why it's so on my mind. These clubhouse talks with him, they're actually over. So this isn't a plug, meaning I, I'm not doing anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm always... When we do those talks, I more than once I've brought up your experience to be mm-hmm. like, you know, we have to... Balance it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Noah, um, what's Noah's last name? Hoffield. Mm-hmm. Hoffeld. <laughs> Isn't it funny that he's like one of our... One of our... Mo- close, I have him in friends. my phone as Noah Das, yeah. which is so funny because mm-hmm. that just means servant of Noah. <laughs> but um, he, he said to me, he was like, I, I'm... You know, I don't think he'd mind me saying this. He's like, I think we have to be careful about how much we're like, how many coats we're hanging on the psychedelic hooks. Because he's like, I'm here to say that a deep practice, and he does a Buddhist practice, Mm -hmm. is where it's at. Yeah. Like, he's like, I, and when I hang out with Noah, same as Tara. It's that, like, suddenly we're in very warm, thick water Mm -hmm. together. Not 
not even necessarily talking about deep things, mm-hmm. but when you hang out with somebody that's like a stone, mm-hmm. you become a stone. <laughs> like yeah. it's sort of the only choice. <laughs> Absolutely. And you actually just helped me realize. Stone in the good way, in the Zen way, not in the like, Yeah, I can't get anything through. Uh, in the good way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sure. In the Taoist way. I, uh, in like equanimitous, like a stone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you're helping me realize that when I find people, other people, and when I just say to myself that my path is to try and access it through this reality, through a meditation practice, um, without any more psychedelics. I find that so comforting because it's a one-for-one healing to the scary thought of I can go to the scary place without the psychedelics. And it's like, well, what if you can go to the delicious place without the psychedelics? Right. And again, that is just, I just looked at the table and I saw a lighter and a candle and earphones. Mm -hmm. Ultimate ear, UE fits. (laughs) It's not going to plug... Uh, and gum wrappers, and I was like, it looked like poetry mm-hmm. to me. And that's because I'm, you're just helping me realize I'm talking about what works for me. Mm-hmm. And isn't this full circle? My experience isn't everybody's experience. Mm-hmm. So, this is one of the reasons why you're a true treasure and a true talent and a true gift to the show is when it is just me talking. It's like, what are the chances I'm going to Velcro? I'm saying as a listener, I'm going to Velcro to everything. Mm. And it's really great. I also have this thing at one, so we sort of have to wrap up. Oh, well, you know, we did a late one. uh, So it came out on Monday, this Monday. Yeah, so we've checked in, it feels like twice this week. Yeah, so I don't think it's bad that we're cutting it short. Somebody asked one question about trying to existential kink. Uh, they have a baby and they're like, my darkest, weirdest, unconscious thought is the fear that something would happen to the baby. Oh, I have a lot to say about that, which I won't. But yeah, go ahead. Well, maybe I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll talk about it another time. I, I, all I wanted to offer is I saw your question. I completely relate. Mm-hmm. And it's re- that's a really fierce one. And if you... The short answer is like, if you're not ready to do that, I completely understand. Yeah, don't force it if you're not ready and I, I but, don't know if I'm ready. There's but, there's times when I can acknowledge, like, your own life is exciting because you might die. Yeah. And that, But it just gets really interesting or really difficult to apply that to your loved ones. So, I don't know if this answers. So uh, slowly back away. Just moonwalk away if, you're not, <laughs> if that doesn't feel right. Yeah. And I don't know if this is a way of kind of applying existential kink in a roundabout way to that. But I just want to say I had that. Um, and like, and it's actually a for, I'm not saying this person has it. I think every parent has that where you're thinking of worst case scenarios about what's going to happen to the baby. Um, there is a type of postpartum anxiety. I think it's even called postpartum OCD where you can't stop thinking about that. It reminds me of unwanted thought syndrome. It is unwanted yeah. thought syndrome. Exactly. Um, And that's definitely something to seek therapy about. I didn't have it that severely, but I had episodes where I was so anxious that I just couldn't. I mean, this is the really the real dark one. And I'm sorry to share such a darkness. So if you're triggered at all by postpartum stuff, just like skip 15 seconds ahead. But I had one night where I was so anxious and I was alone with Leela that I was afraid I was going to 
black out and have drowned her or something. Right. So I was afraid of me. Um, which is, I, which we, I believe I said to you, I was like, it's almost brilliant. Yeah. How badly you wanted to scare yourself. Yeah. That you came up with something that, but I don't want to say creative, but like, yeah. it is sort of like, holy fuck. Our that, that takes me to the thing of like, I had it meditating today. Mm-hmm. Unwanted thoughts of bad things happening were coming. And I, I'm not saying I'm the fierce, fearless person. I can't. Mm-hmm. Mostly I just, I'll literally go, puh, puh, which is something my, one of my Jewish friends said is a Yiddish thing. Like mm-hmm. if someone says something that you don't want, you go, puh, puh. I'll literally say it out loud. So that is literally, it, it could be in the realm of superstitious for me. Don't even think about it. Yeah. And I find I can smear the the image so it's not too intense, mm-hmm. but still address the energy, if yeah. that makes sense, and say, I love you, I, I see you, yes. unconscious. That's what the unconscious does. The unconscious says, you want to fuck your mother? Guess what? I'm just a clean record of that uh, secret desire. <laughs> yeah. Deal with it. Here it is, written in black and white and with illustrations. I'm sorry. That's what the unconscious is. Yeah. So you honor it. I can honor it and go... Of course, that's your job. Yeah. You hold all the shit that the conscious can't handle. Yeah. And you can actually go like, that must be really hard for you. Yeah. Well, yeah. So you can give it love without getting too specific in the like mas- the, the details. masochistic like ugh, rubbing up against you. That's true. Absolutely. And the way that I access love for it, in that moment, what I did was I said, I just said to myself over and over, just like it is encoded in me to keep myself alive it is encoded in me to keep this baby alive and i just said that over and over and i remember saying that's telling beautiful. jennifer about that 10 out of 10 thank you and jennifer was like you found a grounding phrase to get you through that and it really did it worked yeah but the way that i accessed love for it afterwards was and really truly this is true it is I'm speaking for mothers now, but I would imagine that this is true for fathers as well. Um, it is biological, biologically encoded in you to think of the worst case scenarios so that you can prevent them. Yeah, and it protect her way, even from you. Exactly. It is a way to completely, it's a beautiful design to be like, if, if I fall asleep in this open land, a lion will come and eat my child. So I'm not, and you imagine that lion eating your child. And you, so you do not sleep there. And we're just doing that in a modern way. So you can love it by being like, I wouldn't say that those thoughts of something bad happening to your baby is an unconscious desire for something bad to happen to your baby. I would say that is a beautifully biological system put One of the in place, reasons you're alive. Yeah, to protect your baby. So you can just talk to that thought and say, thank you for trying to protect my baby. That's not going to happen, but thank you for flagging it and making me aware that, of yeah. that. You and know? by making me aware, potentially making it less likely to happen. Absolutely. Now, while you were talking, the, the image that came up to me this morning came up again, and I and I tried it. I was like, let's see if you can put our money where our mouths are. And I was like, mm. I see that must be so hard for you, mm. the unconscious, to just have that yeah. down there mm-hmm. in me. It's in there. Mm-hmm. I just don't think about it. But it, there's a part of it where it's being stored. Mm-hmm. And I go, we don't want that to happen. 
you've brought it to my attention Mm -hmm. and I'm acknowledging it and I'm telling you, we won't let that happen. Like we, we are here to do everything we can. And I think that was your intent. Yes. So message received instead of just get the fuck out of here message received. I got it. Yeah. And, and we're doing everything we can. Yeah. Instead of, Oh shit. Don't think about that going, wow, thank you for bringing that to my attention. Yes, I I will not let that happen. Thank the, you. The next level, if it is is going like, do you sort of like the, the rush of going like, the worst thing could happen. And if you look at the movies we make and the stories we tell, yeah, you kind of do. Well, you know, it, not, yeah. I, and no. I can't even admit that for bad things happening in my family. But like, if you're a master player, maybe you could spelunk that deep. I'm not ready, me personally. I think that's where you, you, what you brought in, the piece you brought in is helpful, is that it's like, really what's happening is you have a baby and all of a sudden you care so deeply, like way more than you ever cared about your own life, Yeah, that this this fragile little thing is safe and okay. And all of a sudden, really what's hitting you on some level, I think, is that you have no control over anything. That's right. And that life is totally impermanent and and unpredictable. And all of a sudden, that's unacceptable because you care so much about this fragile thing being okay. So that's where you do zoom out a little bit and you go, yeah, life is unpredictable. Anything can happen. What a crazy thrill. If you're trying to yeah, access yeah. A, a appreciation for it. And I'm not writing the story. Yeah. I'm being written. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Here's, uh, I don't, we can't remember if we've read this before, but it's our poem. I think we've read the poem. I don't know if I read the story. Uh, it's brief. It's from the divine dance, which is Richard Rohr and Mike Morell, uh, their book on the Trinity, which is sort of misleading. It's sort of a book about everything. Mm. Uh, but it centers around the theology of the Trinity. Anyway, around the year 2000, near the final days of my Lenten hermitage, And after almost 40 days of solitude, the inner flow, happiness, and aliveness became very rich and real for me. I felt like I was being perpetually healed and expanded. I recalled a lesser-known poem of the 19th century priest and poet Gerard Manley Hopkins. In The Golden Echo, he writes, Deliver it, early now, long before death. Give beauty back. Beauty, beauty, beauty. Back to God, beauty self, and beauty's giver. And in another place, this, all this beauty blooming, this, all this freshness fuming, give God while worth consuming. Uh, I don't know if I, well, I, I can read the next part. It's actually quite good. I knew Hopkins was almost perfectly naming my own experience, as should be expected if we were both inhabited by the same wondrous flow. Hmm. And each remaining morning and evening, I took a long walk down a steep hill and then back up again, but now backward, so I could gaze out with delight at the expansive desert valley in front of me, the various cacti covered with spring flowers. I learned to let my breath, I learned to set my breath to the words of the poem, beauty on the exhalation and back on the inhalation, occasionally stopping to recite the verses in their entirety. I did not go to Eucharistic communion most of Lent. I I instead learned to live in communion most of the hours of the day, which I think is the goal of any true sacrament or practice. Mm. So good, right? So beautiful. Cutie back. 
while it's worth consuming too. Don't wait. Don't wait for heaven. Yeah. To now, baby. He always says it's heaven all the way to heaven and it's hell all the way to hell. He goes, you don't go to heaven, you become heaven. Uh, you don't go to hell, you become hell. And I was yeah. like, this dude, man. This, this dude. dude. This, Thank you for sharing that. Of course. We didn't have the music, so it didn't feel as, uh, you know. I think it felt perfectly, you know. Oh, good. <laughs> I like you. I like you. All right. <clears throat> All right. um. Vamping with a. (laughs) (laughs) After that, Richard Rohr reading. Picture this I'm a bag of dicks. Put me to your lips. I am sick. I will punch a baby bear in his shit. Beauty, back. Beauty, back. Beauty, back. I synced my inhalation to bag of dicks. My exhalation to punch you in the shit. There's space for it all, baby. Everything belongs. That's right. Keep Keep it it crispy. crispy. Ooh, mensch. Oh, wow. So 